calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bitches on Comics. I am Monica Estrella Negra, one of your lovely hosts. I have Diet Coke by my side and a really cute pit bull that's laying across the floor. I love her. And I'm also here recording an amazing episode with one of my favorite other bitches, Essie Fenor. <laughs> <laughs> For the rest of time, I will accept no other introduction. I am so happy to be here. Monica, you're one of my favorite bitches. I love this podcast, and I love this podcast because we get to talk to the coolest fucking people. We get to talk to the people that you all, trust me, you're going to be so happy today. You're going to be so happy today. I'm so happy today. So I'll just go ahead and introduce our guests instead of just doing 100% hype. <laughs> I am so pleased to welcome to the podcast Jess Devereaux and Mooney Devereaux. Welcome. Oh my God, we're so happy to be here. We're so happy to be here. Bitches on comics. Yes, our lovely bitches. We're in the house with the lovely bitches. It doesn't get less funny. Hey, guys. Um, it's Mooney. Um, Mooney Devereaux. Uh, so I'm a, I know it's going to be hard to believe, but I'm a lawyer turned stand-up comedian, screenwriter, creative, and now I can say comedic actor, which is insane. So I'm freaking excited to be here and uh, share our story with you guys. Hey guys, I'm Jess Devereaux, uh, Mooney's little sister. Yes, younger. Mm-hmm, don't forget it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am the writer, co-creator, director of Mooney, the web series. We can't wait to tell you guys more about it. But yeah, we are both um, attorneys who looked at our lives and said, we want more and we want to be creative and that's where we find our most joy. And here we are today on Bitches on Comics. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. We're so excited to have you both here. Super duper excited. Uh, please add a standing ovation here. <laughs> please, please. It's extra funny because how would you know they were standing? <laughs> Damn, Essie, you just got deep. 
That's deep. You really did. <laughs> you really did. It sounds different. The claps sound different, Essie. <laughs> Um, so I think you all have one of the tightest and, and best log line slash pitches out there. And, and I could try and do it and I don't think I'd do well. So Mooney, I heard you give it really perfectly. Would you give us sort of like when you describe Mooney and your, your quick, quick and dirty description of the web series, would you give it to us? Yeah, sure. So like Mooney is how I view it, like as the black queer version of Seinfeld, just with, you know, some swag and spice to it. So imagine if Seinfeld is a show about nothing, Mooney is a show about, you know, the little somethings, finding the funny and the microaggressions that me and my Black queer friends deal with in the jungle of New York City. What better environment to 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 throw these wacky friends in, right? Yeah, and it's, it's really like... Our, a show for us, Seinfeld was a show for us that was like such a cornerstone of our childhood and an introduction to comedy in in a lot of ways. And there's a reason why I think it's aged actually pretty well is that it was all about the relationships. It didn't have many locations. It was really just that these characters you fell in love with and they, they are hot messes. Like they're just straight up like just wild, outrageous people that always take something that is quite trivial and maximize it. And so that's what we did with this show. And it presents, like Mooney was saying, microaggressions, the little somethings that we deal with as as Black women. Mooney, as as um, a lesbian, you know, having to deal with certain issues as well. And we came together and we're like, this would be really funny. Just like putting putting a different spin on Seinfeld. Well, I, I'm so glad that you shared that and, and talked about why Seinfeld, because that was actually one of my my questions was like, you know, there's it's so funny. It's so classic sitcom in so many ways. I think you could have pulled a lot of different comp, like comps out, like living single would have made a great comp. But I think you're really right that there's something specific, right, about the the way that Seinfeld as self-professed is about nothing and how this is about I, you say something. I was thinking about it almost like it's about all the everythings, all the little everythings that, mm. that is that make up being alive. Um, so you you both watched Seinfeld as kids. Is that what I heard? Yes. Yes, we did religiously. And you know, back in the 90s, it's like everyone was watching things at the same time, right? Oh, yeah, so it was that like, was a time. Appointment TV. Appointment right. TV. Yeah. And you knew you'd come in on Friday and talk about it. And then you'd have the lines that people would repeat in the hallways. And if you weren't up on that, you know, line, you like you, 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 you know, you weren't. I mean, mind you, we grew up in the suburbs of New York City. Okay, so like, you know, knowing Seinfeld lingo was cool. Um, so, but you know, I'm, I'm gonna put it in perspective. In other parts of New York City, you probably could get jumped over it, but you know, so exactly. But where we grew up, it was like, oh, you didn't, you don't know about soup Nazi. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you, you're losing cred out there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Seinfeld was huge. Yeah, no, I, I think that what's what's so fun too is is about the way the dynamics of of the cast of four friends, how how they interact. And there was this moment where Mooney's brother comes sort of like bursting through the door, and I was like, oh my god, I just never thought I'd get to see like a a better gay black. Kramer. Like that is such an exciting moment there to have the goofiness also come with so much depth and so much hilarious bullshit too. You know, like it was just, it Oh my God. Essie, I can't believe we're deep. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Like I, 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 
I think like the intention was, is always to like go for the funny, you know? And um, what always drew me to Seinfeld was that energy, right? It's constantly moving. If you observe that show, um, even The Simpsons is another example of that. Like you don't get bored because they know how to play ping pong with conversations, you and know, you can, and, and you can also jump in at any point in time. It's not yes. like a regular sitcom where it's like if you miss a few episodes or a season, you you can just jump in and just be present in that episode and just enjoy it. And that's also, a, you know, a benefit to emulating that model as well. Yeah. So one thing that I definitely want to know is in regards to television, in regards to film, where do you see Black queerness uh, taking up space? And I ask this as a, a Black filmmaker myself. Um, we already know that like a lot of the industry is solely based on a lot of nepotism and a lot of that nepotism is very... Um, alabaster, if you will. So I just want to know, where do you find yourself in the uh, web series world as far as like rem uh, remaining authentic in your depictions of being Black and being queer in like a major metropolitan city and like exploring like the different types of microaggressions that may come across as like something that is very subjective to like the character, but is something that is a shared experience by many others who share the same identities as us. I love that Monica brings like the cerebral element to all this. And <laughs> it's just like, I'm like so happy to talk about this stuff too. I think truth be told, we haven't really ran up against um, sort of quote unquote gatekeepers who might be trying to steer the narrative one way or the other. It's kind of like the beauty of the internet, um, being able to just put our art up there and have it be authentically us. Um, the notes that we've gotten are all notes that we have, you know, between, internal notes, essentially. It's not the outside world or, you know, the white gaze, let's be honest, looking at our work and saying, you know, these changes need to be made in, under, in order for it to be more, quote unquote, marketable or mm -hmm. whatever case may be. So mm -hmm. we haven't gotten to that point. Um, I think, though, we are hyper aware of it. Um, we're not naive um, thinking that there won't be that sort of uh, gaze put on our work. Mm -hmm. But I think what it comes down to is that, is it funny, you know? Yeah. And the funny will always trump any any critique, right? Mm -hmm. And like, that's something like you can't fake. Like, if it's getting that reaction, if it's pulling you in, if it's causing you to laugh and feel joy, like, I don't care what the note is. Like, I, it's, like it's, it's not going to be taken. So, mm -hmm. but but I, I appreciate that that thinking because it is something that we we definitely have in the back of our minds as something that we will go up against potentially as we bring Mooney to you know studios and streaming platforms and because we 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 want to take this to the next level you know mm -hmm. the web series is kind of like you know when you're at Costco you get your little sampler but <laughs> that's what Mooney is you but you yeah. know we got a jumbo size packaging ready to go for your for 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 any production company studio streaming service if they want to pick it up you know bulk bulk size so so yeah i i i hear you on that point and it's something that we are certainly aware of 100% i completely agree with Jess um the goal is really just to be funny and for the funny to overshadow the other sort of categories in terms of blackness, queerness, not to say, um, you know, 
to have them completely disappear because it's it's an important and material and a, a major aspect of who we are and this project. But we want anyone in any part of the world, like we want we want Trump supporters, we want everyone enjoying this and watching this and experiencing this. And they can say, you know what? That that shit is funny, you know? And it just happens to be black, queer, female driven. Our our mother, um, she she passed in 2015, but that's something that she would always instill in us is that, you know, at the end of the day, the truth is what is the funniest. Like when you're real, that authenticity that's what really makes comedy. That's what why people can can laugh at it, but even in, in, if it's a, in, in its absurdity. But like that is like our compass. You know, you be real. That's the key. Like staying real, and that's really where the funny lies. Yeah. So the show in itself. So from production to the writing, everything. Um, is everybody on your team, like people that you um, developed the entire series with and like the Seed and Spark campaign, like how did you come across and develop your team? Ooh, it was a journey, Monica. It was a journey. Um, so after I essentially wrote the first episode, Mooney and I really started to think about how can we get this made? Um, I have a background in production and journalism though specifically. And we were like, we we don't know the cost of things. We, you know, like, like we're going to have to just like figure it out. So basically everyone on our team besides us were people that we um, either had like a acquaintance level relationship with. And we would just, we or like people who were just people we found um, through casting websites, for example, like. Uh, the majority of the ensemble were 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 folks that we found through a casting website and um, had them audition. And they literally, when I met the individuals we ended up picking, I said to myself, I said, oh my God, this is like meeting my imaginary friends. Like, this is amazing. Like, they just were ex- exactly the people to fill those roles. Um, the Seed and Spark campaign was sort of launched after um, consulting a, a mentor of mine, and he had students that had done this. And the beauty of Seed and Spark, you know, if anyone's thinking about uh, producing a web series or any sort of short film or feature, is that they do not take a percentage, uh, a fee for for the money that you raise, unlike other crowdfunding websites. Um, the only caveat, though, is that you have to make 80% of your target amount in order for you to receive those funds. So they mm-hmm. really want to make sure your project is up to snuff, that you have a marketing plan, that you're really engaging your audience because they want to see you succeed, essentially. And, you know, so um, once we started that Seed and Spark um, campaign, uh, we were actually producing and uh, we were in, mi- in the middle of production at the same time. So it was like we were running both the back end of, of doing everything as well as producing the content. So it was it was insane. But in reality, looking back on it, you know, like, of course, hindsight 2020, it's like that was brilliant because our supporters were actually getting to follow the story as we were developing it. So we'd have like daily updates like, oh, today we shot in Kim's apartment, um, in the in the in the group's apartment, or here we're on site at 
um, uh, doing a prank. Um, and then we'd have like highlights and behind the scene footage for people to, 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 uh, get into. So I, th- I think that like at the end of the day, it worked out perfectly because it got people really excited and really built up this momentum around the project. Very cool. Yeah. Seed and Spark. Um, I've used Seed and Spark for uh, a short film before. And I just remember that it was a lot of work and I was very nervous about like not yeah. getting that 80% because I'm just yeah. like, my God, if I do all this work and all this social media <laughs> promotion and I don't end up getting this money. Like I am I know. suing I know. somebody. <laughs> it, was, it, required, it required a lot of um, just harassing people, honestly, like on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And uh, a few people blocked me, but you know, like we're cool now, but um, it, it was worth it, right? Like if you want something, you've got to go after it. And uh, the people who really love you and support you, like they will understand and they will donate quickly so you could leave them alone. Mm-hmm. And we were just amazed at the level of support, in all honesty. It gave me so much hope. Because I was just like, wow, you know, here we are just like pursuing our dreams. And there are people out there being like, go for it. And I'm giving you $100. We're like, what? You know, Mm -hmm. people came out, you know, giving $1,000. Like it was like the level of support was unreal. Um, I, I don't know if you guys... Yes, obviously you saw all the whole season, but um, Sunny Hassan is one of the producers on the show as well. And she was a huge supporter of us. Um, and it's just been like, you know, all of these people coming and saying, this matters, representation matters. You know, seeing a project where Black women, uh, queer voices are at the forefront, both b- behind and in front of the camera, like that matters. Like I, it was beautiful to see like, around us, it was, like I said, it was mostly people of color, women and or queer, and we were doing it and we were doing it well. Um, and, and I, and I, and I feel like, wow, this, this is not the norm, but it was so beautiful. Cause it's like, we, we were able to create this, you know, and we did it as a team and I'm so, 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 so grateful for that, for our cast and crew. Yeah. That's super rad. And, um, I'm just curious because both of you are in lawyers or attorneys how did that work out as far as like going a from lot of arguing that's how it worked out okay, Monica. gotcha gotcha <laughs> <laughs> a lot that's, of that's back fair. and forth that's fair that's fair mm-hmm. we needed yep. a mediator no I'm teasing I mean we're sisters right so like you know there are gonna be some moments and actually having you know being lawyers um was really advantageous especially when it came to negotiating prices for locations, mm-hmm. actually drafting, you know, s- several agreements with between actors, you know, you know, SAG non, you know, non-union agreements, you know, exemptions to SAG agreements, location agreements. I mean, it, it really, you know, it, it felt like, like a sort of slumdog millionaire moment, you know, when you had all of these experiences and, you know, Jessica's background is also was a journalist and, and, and an interior designer. So we brought all of the skills, all the skill sets that we've acquired throughout our various professions and brought it together and to create this, this magical, this beautiful project. For me, I, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for, for my legal background and, and uh, I believe it, it's, it has served me. Um, but, you know, 
at this point, we both decided that it's time to bet on ourselves and go after our creative endeavors and go after, um, you know, being imaginative and creative and creating these worlds and creating these characters and following our passions, the things that truly make us happy, that something that mm. will create something that will inspire others. Um, and so this is where this is our happy place. And we are looking forward to, to doing more of this and, and on a, on a greater and a larger platform, um, to, to reach, you know, the masses. That's, that is our goal. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Oh, so anybody listening out there, go for your dreams yes. all the time. Yeah. And it's going to take work. It's going to take work. I'm not one of those people that's just like, just, you know, wish upon a star. (laughs) Like, like, I'm going to keep it real. Mooney and I have a regiment. We wake up early. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people say I don't have the time. Well, that means you have to cut some of the hours of your sleep. And that's usually what happens. 5 a.m. 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Monday through Friday, and sometimes on the weekends, depending on what the week is looking like ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But we say to ourselves, because I have two young children, I and I say, you know, I have to beat them. I have to get up earlier because otherwise, you know, they they, they take over, you know, my schedule. So um, we, we make it a point to say we're going to get the work done when it's quiet, hardly anyone's awake, mm-hmm. and we, we, we dive right in. And um, I think, you know... At the end of the day, what is so beautiful about working with a partner and more importantly, like my first friend in life, my sister, is that we are in a very no bullshit zone with Mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. And we just keep it real and we keep each other accountable. It'll be like, hey, you know, what happened to you yesterday? You know, you, you know, you, you know, we're on the call 530 instead of five or um, we had a deadline for this. You missed the deadline, and and we do it in a in a way that we know it's because we both want the best for each other at the right. end of the day, and we see each other's potential, and we know each other. Um, so you know, all of those things are are what I think have been able. Like, if you're in a position right now in your life, and you're like thinking to yourself, like, how do I get that engine going? Like, sometimes look around and see if there's someone you can partner with and you guys can be each other's support um, as you pursue your dream. I have like a quick story on that point in terms of um, holding each other accountable. I'll never forget this moment. It's, 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 it resides very vividly in my, in my memory. So this is circa 2020. We're at the height of the pandemic. I want to say it was around like May, 2020. And, you know, Jess and I, we were like, we we um, came up with this idea to come to to uh, write a screenplay, and we did it, and it made it to the finals of uh, Stage Thirty Two's um, comedic screenplay competition. Um, this was in twenty twenty one. It was uh, we received that honor, and we took nine months, and we wrote our first screenplay called Butch for Your Mama. And I'll never forget it. She was like, okay talk to you at 6 a.m. on Monday. And I did not wake up. I did not pick up the phone. I did this for like (laughs) three days consecutively. And I'll never forget. She called me on the Thursday then. And she like reamed me out. She was like, you say you want to do this. You say you're serious about this. Come on. Like, there's no time like the present. Like, Mm. you have nothing to do. You have nowhere to go. Like, let's just do this thing. And I was like, and like, she just woke me up. She woke me up from my slumber. I'll never forget. And, and I'm so grateful to her 
for that moment for rekindling that 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 light and um we haven't stopped since then honestly we really haven't that is such a good story i'm like on the verge of tears yes beautiful. oh i love it um, so much i'm like y'all are my favorite essie's a crier <laughs> essie will probably oh, cry like five times throughout start. this whole podcast mm, i love to cry <laughs> i love to cry i do ah <laughs> Uh, um, I'm also just curious, what is, uh, what are both of your uh, astrology signs? I just want to know how this work dynamic like breaks down. I am a crazy Sagittarius, adventurer, philosopher, wild child. <laughs> and I'm an Aquarius. Um, she always reads me because I know nothing. I don't follow astrology. So I'm like, so what are my characteristics again? Like, But I also like read her, read her. You know, we keep it very honest. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's very true. So we got fire and air. That's a very good combination. Yeah. Yeah, it works. It works. It works. And um, Fire's girlfriend's also Sagittarius. And I was like, yes, good, good match. Very good match. My husband's a Capricorn. So like, it's perfect because I'm so... Oh like floating in the air and like he's, you know, the earth sign. So mm-hmm. he just keeps me grounded. Like, baby, you can go float in the air, but you know, let's try to stay close to land. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you don't drift away. That's really sweet. I'm married to a Libra and sometimes I, I'm a Taurus and sometimes I'm mm-hmm. just like, get it together. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, that is a lot of yelling. And I'm like, you make no sense to me. <laughs> So I'm, you know, I'm going to try and manifest what you're doing, which is like, I'm going to be yes. grounded and then be she grounded. can be spacey. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. The Libra can be a people pleaser though. That's another thing. Oh man. Libra can't make a damn decision. I'm like, oh I yes. I cannot discuss with you for the fourth time today what we're going to eat for dinner. It's <laughs> like eight hours away. Like I don't, you told me two good options. I like them both. Like it's a lot. It's a lot. I love it. I wouldn't change a thing. Wouldn't change a thing. It's real. That's real. So what what's your favorite holiday? And which one would you rate five stars? And which one would you rate zero stars? Halloween, of course. Oh, a five star holiday. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Now, which one would you rate zero stars? Christmas. That's a deep cut because we talked about this in a prior episode, a Patreon episode about Star Trek, where we discovered that you really don't like Christmas, but also that none of us really like Christmas all that much. So I'm going to say zero stars for me as well. Maybe one star because I like the hats, but (laughs) that's all I got. You got a good hat on your holiday and I'm gonna probably have to give it at least one star. So there's other things that you can rate, review. For instance, you could rate and review this podcast. We don't pretend to like Christmas and we never will, but (laughs) you could rate and review us if you would like. And if you were to rate and review us, you could say something like, your rabbits are beautiful and I hope you have a happy life. And this podcast is my favorite podcast I've ever listened to. And I'll be like, that's great. Five stars. Five star review. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, one more question about your process, and then Essie, I promise you can get some questions in. Um, <laughs> um, so in regards to your writing process, what does that look like? And um, who, well, I wouldn't say it would be like a power dynamic, but like, I'm guessing that you both collectively like get into a groove where your minds meld together and then you just like come up with the scene or do you like go through the process of going back through life experiences and then combining them and then finding the humor in like those situations? Truth be told, like the actual like physical writing, like the typing, I mean, at this point of our scenes and things of that nature is really quick um, compared to how much we t- time we take in preparing. Mm-hmm. So, so much of writing is actually not writing. It's Ugh, developing. I hate how true that is. I hate how true it that is. It is. Like, you got to get the characters. Who yeah. are they? Get the layers. Mm-hmm. What's the backstory? Mm-hmm. You know, why doesn't she like her mama? Like, what happened there? Like, even if it's like just that this person's going to be maybe in two or three scenes, but like, we want to make them really full characters, which make them feel more authentic. And that's why the audience is going to like your work, right? Fundamentally, they need to have that connection. So when we wrote our first attempt at writing together, that was for Butch Baby Mama. You know, we always pitch it like, Mooney's the bitch, I'm the mama, and the script's the baby. Like, that's what came together, Butch Baby Mama. Anyway, so the whole premise is essentially um, a immature uh, comedian is asked by her sister to be her surrogate. And so she has to, you know, go navigate the bumpy road of pregnancy um, to see if that if she can, you know, become have that transformational arc, you know, that the protagonist goes through, like a hero's journey type of thing um, with the pregnancy. So anyway, um, I where's my movie? I want my movie. Please. Oh, you want the movie? Yes, I'm okay. ready for yes. my movie. Yes. Thank you. So I've got my tickets. There's so many funny moments. Oh, I'm sold. A masculine presenting stand-up comedian who's a mess. Yes, and just the the physicality alone is hilarious. Besides, and it's it's pregnant now. I mean. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Let's just say, like, yeah, we see her in labor. We see it all. Like, it's, it's you know, a la knocked up, you know, sort of odd couple because the sister oh, herself is like. Fuck. Oh, I want it. <laughs> Essie, I'm telling you, I'm like, number one fan club, please. <laughs> <laughs> like, Where's my mommy? I'm nominating you. <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing you to every pitch meeting. Demo. This is the demo. Us in the background, like, yeah, exactly. And then what? <laughs> I'll be like, yes, yes, yes. Um, anyway, sorry. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, so we re- we're we're coming up with this world, and we are novice at writing um screenplays, right? So, but we're really good at studying. I mean, we're both attorneys. Um, I have my master's in journalism, like we've been students the majority of our lives, and we're like, you know what? Like, we can do this, we can right. learn this. 
We're both intelligent human beings. So what does it take? Create a syllabus. We literally created a syllabus um, with the books that we were going to read, the exercises that we were going to do, and how we were going to immerse ourselves in, in how to write for the screen, right? And we, I, I'm going to put it out there, you know, Save the Cat. You know, everyone's heard of that, that Blake Snyder's book. Amazing. 90 Day Screenplay was incredible. Yep. Uh, um, story, story. By uh, Robert. McGee. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we loved um, Masterclass, Shonda Rhimes. Oh, oh yes. my God. Anybody who wants to understand how to write for television. Yes. yes. Just get the subscription for the month or whatever and take some diligent notes. Amazing. Do they have a free um, trial? Yes, I think they do. <laughs> can I, I watch all of it do. within a, a trial period? <laughs> I was going to say, I can. I will find you a password. I don't know. <laughs> That was that was like that was like I mean she 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 you could tell she's such a master because she's not afraid to tell her secrets you know what I mean like of her craft like she's so secure I mean the woman has practically a country right Shondaland like yeah she she's very well like aware that she's she knows what she's doing and she's very comfortable in in her position and she's so open about the process I cannot re- recommend it enough. Um, but yeah, so we really became students. And then when we started doing the exercises for 90 Day Screenplay, we ended up writing it in nine months. So yeah, I want my money back book. But um, <laughs> <laughs> a ton of screenplays. And what we did, we we read screenplays like in tandem with what with watching the actual the movie. Right. And with closed captions, like I can't watch anything without closed captions anymore because I've conditioned myself to do so. And it's incredibly helpful, especially getting into the like the comedic acting world um, to Mm -hmm. see how something is written versus how it's expressed on camera. Um, And another thing that we agreed upon that when we wrote Butch Baby Mama is that nothing would be included unless we both agreed that it would be included. Like no one had any like unilateral, you know, power or, or decision to include something like this is a team effort. So if, if you can't persuade me that this should be included in the final version, then it, then it doesn't make the cut. Agreed. And we got to a point we were so familiar with the characters. So when we got to the page, you're literally hearing their voices, you know, yeah. how would a Kim sound? How would, Mooney sound, how would Tyson sound, how would Vivian sound? So it was, it was so easy. It was literally just flowing out of us. And I could see like how people say, Hey, yeah, I wrote the screenplay in a week because of all that preparation prior Mm -hmm. that once you get to the page, it it literally pours out of you because you're just so full of, of information and the the spirit of the characters, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you for sharing. That's really inspiring. I'm always curious about how uh, other creators' processes work because I think everybody has like their own method, but um, I'm really interested in that Shondaland or Shonda Rhimes masterclass. Yes, it's amazing. You won't regret it. You won't regret it. All right, Essie, do you have any questions? I am, I am, I am, no, I, you answered them all. I was like, I want to know about what it's like to work with your sister on a creative process. I'm like, that must be so fun and annoying and terrible <laughs> and amazing. And like, the, like the, 
<laughs> yeah, like I when when you described a mind meld, Monica, I was like, that must be what it's like too. Like, because the, the deep references you have with each other, where you can be like, remember the time, and then it's like, oh my god, yes, we have to put that in. What? Okay, but we have to do it like this. Like mm-hmm. that is such a. I just picture you having a lot of fun. Yeah, and it was a great tool as a director too, directing movie. Mm. I could like look at her and hear her and be like, okay, her voice is getting high, something's up or, you know, and I could say something, remember that time, like you just said, give me that energy. Yeah, she would always be spot on. She would always be spot on because that was my Mm -hmm. first time acting, you know, stand up. At that point, I had been doing stand up, but by the time that we were filming, I was doing stand up for about two years. That was my two year mark. So, I mean, the only acting experience I had was navigating corporate America, you know, like, <laughs> like so, keep it real. That's real. No, that was so, really was real. Say, which is no small skill. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, it is not. Like, I really don't care about how your weekend was, Tom, like, but I'm asking you anyways. <laughs> And you can't tell how insincere my smile is because I am next yeah. How many conversations about the certain. weather are we going to have today? That's another one. Ooh, Jeez. please, more. That really does it for me. Um, you know, and then I was going to ask about, like, the nature of humor and that that ability to talk about the universal and the specific and cultural and, the, the like, what's what's true to all people? What's true to only black queer people? What's true to all queer people? What's true to all black people? What's mm. true only true to this group? You know, I think it's so mm-hmm. cool to hear about you talking about the thing, the sort of, like, laser that cuts through all that is, is being real. And yeah. to hear that it's something your mom really instilled in you that 100%. makes me like again I'm like deeply moved I mean here's the thing I fucking love Mooney it's so funny oh. it's so I laughed at every episode I laughed out loud <laughs> like you know how broken we all are right because of social media like none of us can actually like we say lol and we don't lol we're <laughs> like, just sitting we, there with like a stone cold face and it's just like I'm laughing on the inside lmao yeah. hilarious it's like wait I didn't even make a sound like I guffawed I think I spit water at one point because something oh my god so unexpected happened I I mean I'm messy we know this but I, I you know I think it was just it was so exciting to see something that was deeply queer deeply black deeply femme and outrageously funny. Just, I, every character did something where I was like, you are such a fucking mess. And I would watch 33 seasons of you just doing this. Like, it would still be funny, you know? Like, oh my God, the mask and the fucking biker. Oh God. Oh, I'm going to start just being like, we like place them in these scenarios where like just like having a conversation with someone could easily resolve the conflict, but yet yeah. like these 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 crazy group of this crazy <laughs> group of people like they refuse to just be direct and go like what re- the route of reasonableness, and yet they 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 choose the route of absurdity and outrageousness, and that is just what makes this this product so so special and just you know funny and and able to land with so many people yeah it's, like the scene delightful. in the coffee shop essay um oh my between god the Kim character oh my god and the, like <laughs> the random white dude that sits next to her that was <laughs> too I much i can't that actually happened to me and no. it was the, yes and it was the inspiration for the show really oh um, my god i was at a starbucks it was like there were like two other people in there um, and this guy just comes and sits right next to me. 
and he places his coffee cup on what I thought was my table, right? And so there's this back and forth because every time he goes to take a sip out of his drink, I start placing my papers, like spreading them out across the coffee table more and more. (laughs) And then eventually he goes, he's like, "Um, can you leave me some room? And I'm like, "Uh, leave you some room? Like, this is my table. And he's like, well, I mean, you do have two. I was like, there is no one here. Like, why are you like all up on me? I, I called Mooney after this moment and I'm telling her and she's like, I, and she's like, I would have just knocked over his coffee. And I'm like, that's hilarious. I was like, oh my God, like my in my inner Kim, because, you know, all these characters are a little bit of us. Yeah. Was, of would have done the yeah. same thing too. And, um, and I was like, but that reminded me of like such a Seinfeld moment. And I was like, what if we did a show like this, right? And that's how we started the conversation. Like just kind of these these ha- things that happen in your life. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, really? Like, it's that really moment? Like, this is happening to me? I was like, and, and it's like, and, and I mean, I really was thinking that what Kim says is like, you know, before you came and colonized my space, it's like, you have no sense of like, you know, everything belongs to you. Like, come on, <laughs> you know, this just, and, and so it was, yeah, it was one of those moments. I was like, there's funny in this. We, we, we gotta, we gotta create something out of this. And, and, and I think that's why Mooney is, is singular in that way is that it's, it's very real about what it is to be alive and of these various identities mm-hmm. in this world. I mean, yeah. like we mm. live in a world that is different from the one we lived in years ago, right? Like, mm-hmm. We could talk about the different things that have changed, but you know what? We all have been through some shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. We all talked about being millennials. We are the generation of everyone shit on us and everything went wrong at every important time in our lives. Fantastic. <laughs> you know, and like that, it gets that in this way that's like, well, how do you survive all of this? It's by having these really incredible senses of humor where you. Mm-hmm are upset and you're like, okay, how do I mine this for some humor? Yes. Has humor helped me live with living a, with a world filled with these microaggressions? Right. Mm-hmm. We laugh in order to keep from crying. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and I'm so glad that you guys also like get it. You know, I think, you know, obviously the intention was to be funny, but there is a deeper message there. You know, there, there is something to be said about like, you know, Through my prism as a black woman, I look at this white man as just, you know, it's like a form of aggression, right? You're coming at me. You're not respecting my space. Whereas, you know, for someone else with a different point of view, like a white cis male would probably just be like, you know, have like a very different lens in that moment, right? What was the big deal, right? Yeah, or or it's more like, you know, uh, masculine, you know, uh, kind of like territorial type of shit back and forth. Like mm-hmm. for me, it's just like, whoa, like, come on, you know, you people like took over the freaking world. Like, can I get my little coffee table at Starbucks? Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like Precisely. it can be a little bit, you know, so like that's <laughs> the prism <laughs> that I'm coming from. Um yeah, yeah. Which, so. which I think, I think you, when you say, you know, we got it, I think you helped us get it. You know, I think there's something, mm. some of these pieces I get, right? And I'm sure Monica, even more so as a black woman, gets so many more pieces of it than I do. But, you know, it's like, I think you, you as you talked about earlier, you found that way to be universal. You found that mm-hmm. way to be like, okay, I'm going to introduce you something that maybe is like a little bit 
clearer to me, but I'm going to prove why it's so upsetting, right? It's like, it's the yeah. number of times she puts her papers over, right? Like the like number dead ass, matters. Like like four times. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 And it communicates that, that, that like intensity, that building, that like, I mean, at some point you're like, what else was she going to do? She had to flick the right, drink exactly. in his lap. It was the only recourse. Yeah. Um, which I <laughs> let, really the, let the masses really know, for the record, that four is the magic number for black women. You 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 push us after the fourth time with a rap. Coffee's <laughs> <laughs> getting thrown. Coffee's yeah. getting thrown. It's done. We're spilling coffee. We're spilling oh everything, not just the tea. Because you had the Every three kid. times. Beautiful. I'm just saying. You know. Yeah. 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 Come on. Poke the bear enough. You've been forewarned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, listeners, I really hope you will check out Mooney. All the episodes are available on YouTube. They are six fucking hilarious, if you're not as used to web series, pretty short episodes. But I mean, smoke a tray, watch some Mooney. It's a good life. It's a good life is all I'm saying. It's, I'll say it's a stoner-friendly show. I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> um, Jess, Mooney, if folks want to find you on social media, where can they find you and where can they learn more about Mooney the web series? So you can go to our website, MooneyTheWebSeries.com and you can find me on IG at Direct Jess. And you can find me, Mooney, on IG at Mooney with like eight underscores because I wanted to be a little bougie. And um, you can also find the, the web series page on at Mooney the web series. If you didn't have your pen listeners, don't worry. We will link to all of that in the show notes. So if you're listening to the episode, go click those three little dots to the side. It'll expand into our show notes. Oh, my God. And then there'll be tons of links. Check them out. And you know what, Jess, Mooney, I, I can't thank you enough. This has been, honestly, it's made my days so much better. I'm going to like go into my evening in such a good mood. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, wait, before, oh. can we put throw in a shameless yes. plug? We just found out that we have been admitted into our first film festival, the Golden State Film Festival in Ooh. Hollywood, California. We're so excited. Yes, they're going to be screening Mooney at the Chinese Theater where they, you know, the Oscars are held. Yes! So we're Amazing. getting our little red carpet outfit together. And you yeah, mean we're where your future, your future stars will be. Essie, I'm telling you, you can come, Essie. <laughs> <laughs> I want you in every pitch room. God, I'm so wonderful. Like on, the, on like the phone or like on the podcast, everyone's like, "Wow, you're so charismatic." And then IRL, I'm like, "Book, look, read." I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, excuse me. I'm like, I help. Bye. Help me. And I'm like, oh, what just happened? I'm like, there's no contact information. It doesn't say who the book was by. It just got dropped at our table by that weirdo. Um, but maybe for you, I could like turn on a persona and be like, okay, this is the Mooney supporting LC. I've got like a hat, maybe. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm there. Okay. I'm, in. I'm in. I've created a whole backstory. I am ready. I am ready. Love, 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 love. Congratulations. That's amazing. It's so cool. And well Thank deserved. you. Thank you, Monica. Thank oh, you, Essie. Thank you so much for being here with us, truly. And, and Monica, you always ask incredible questions and bring so much heart to everything. I adore you. Kate, I adore you. Thank you for making us sound good. Sarah, we love you. We hope you're hanging in there. And listeners, thanks for being here for another episode of Bitches on Comics. Mm -hmm.
You're listening to Bitches on Comics, distributed by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Find more shows like Bitches on Comics by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm. Thank you for listening to Bitches on Comics. We are a bi-weekly podcast where we talk to your favorite comics and pop culture creators and critics about what matters to them in comics and pop culture, as you might have guessed. You can follow us on Twitter at at Bitches on Comics and on Instagram at at Bitches on Comics. Our website is, brace yourself, bitchesoncomics.com. If you go there, you can listen to any of our episodes and we've got other shit that we put on tabs. I don't remember what it is. I am in charge of updating the website, however, so good luck. (laughs) Thanks for the heads up. I'll go to this website now. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by rating and reviewing us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support the podcast by joining us on Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash queerspec to learn more. I'm Sarah Century, and you can find me at www.sarahcentury.com and Twitter and Instagram. Still Sarah Century on those. I'm S.E. Fleenor. You can learn more about me at sefleenor.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at S.E. underscore Fleenor. I'm Monica Estrella and you can find me at www.audreysrevenge.com or on Twitter at Audrey Revenge. Bitches on Comics is recorded by Kate Warner, who plays in the band Churchfire. You can find them at churchfiremusic.com. Our music is recorded by Katie Taylor, who plays as Earth Control Pill. You can find her music at earthcontrolpill.bandcamp.com. Bitches on Comics is recorded in Denver, Colorado. We want to recognize the indigenous peoples who have inhabited and do inhabit this land. The Arapaho Nation, the Ute Nation, the Cheyenne Nation, and others who have been erased from our history and collective memories through colonization. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.